Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Easter, Grace Church. It's wonderful to see you today. Would you stand with us this morning? In Matthew chapter 24, the scripture says that Mary and the other Mary went to the tomb of Jesus expecting to find guards and a sealed up tomb, but they found something that was not what they had expected at all. Instead, there was an angel standing there who said, don't be afraid. I know who you're looking for, but he's not here. See, he's risen exactly the way he said he would. Go in and see where he was laid. Folks, we have an incredible hope today. I don't know, maybe you came in today afraid of what's going on in your life. Maybe you're coming in today and you're going to find something that's really beyond what you expected. But I do want you to hear this. He's not dead. He is alive. And as a result of that, we have an incredible, amazing hope today. We're going to sing about it in Jesus' name. darkest your light is greater light I wake God you light my way the you're rising higher with power to save with power to save you keep hope alive you keep hope alive Because you are alive, Jesus, you are alive. Death had a stronghold, but your life was stronger. Rose from the grave, rose up from the grave. The evil is rising, you're rising higher. Love 
the beginning to end, your word never fails. You keep hope alive because you are alive. Jesus, you are alive. Praise the Lord. Let's lift him up today and rejoice. Because he is alive today. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands to the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank the Lord, thank the Lord. Welcome to Grace Church. We're so glad you're here today. Everybody, we're so glad you're here. Look at your neighbor, give him a fist bump and tell him I'm glad to see you. Thank the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. We're so glad to have everyone here today. Those of you watching Facebook Live and on our uh, website, we're so thankful to have you with us today as well. And we're excited about being at Grace Church today. Thank the Lord. And what you see behind me right now is a fulfillment to at least pastor vision for many, many years. Let me introduce our youth worship team here this morning. Give them some appreciation today. Thank the Lord. Amen. We are so thankful to have this amazing group of young people contributing, giving back. I want everyone to understand this is not a group for an Easter presentation. We are just using Easter Sunday to introduce them. This group will be singing on Sunday morning and perhaps even Wednesday nights from time to time. On a, on a very frequent basis, so expect to hear from them after today. And uh, Sister Christy knows is heading this up with the aid of some of our parents. We appreciate that so very much. She's doing a fantastic job. She's very passionate about it, and uh, she's going to be teaching them more and more songs. As a matter of fact, she's already doing that, so that's why we're going to hear from them more and more in the future. They're not here to entertain you. They're not here to look cute and pretty. They're here to worship. The song they're singing, they understand the words. They know what it means when they sing about Jesus and, and, and they worship in the Lord. So they don't expect to be entertainers here today. They want you to engage in worship and praise and get behind them and let them sing under the anointing of the Holy Ghost like our adult choir does, our, our adult praise team does. Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. So worship with them here today. We're excited about this. We want, we want them to know we believe in them. We're supporting them. And this is our future praise team, our future adult praise team. I want every one of these students behind me to know that any of these adult people that sing this morning, that, that's already sung this morning, you can bump them out of their job. Just, just go ahead and take their microphone away from them and just go ahead and start singing in their place. That's okay. Thank the Lord. We're excited about you guys. Y'all sing. Y'all worship. Let's let the Lord have his way here today.
worship the Lord again. There's a beautiful spirit of the Lord in this place. It is so good to see those young people worshiping God this morning. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. We thank you again for being here this morning, being able to share in the experience of worshiping our God. And let me say happy Easter to you. Happy Easter to you. I am very, before I get to the announcements, I'd like to share with you that something that's on my heart about today. I am very appreciative. That is a massive understatement, but I'm very appreciative of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection of our Lord has been given holiday status in many world cultures. Unfortunately, it's been reduced to rabbits and candy and new clothing. Someone once said that Christianity is not a religion based on abstract principles. Christianity is a relationship with a living Savior. A living Savior. Not a concept, not a myth, not an idea, but a living Savior. A Savior that we can know. A Savior who infuses our life and empowers us, who transforms us into His likeness. The Apostle Paul said that he wanted to know Jesus and the power of His resurrection. That supernatural event sealed you and I, ladies and gentlemen, in the hope of Christ. Sin and death no longer control the trajectory of your lives. 1 Corinthians 15 and 17 through 20 says this, and if, and if Christ is not risen, if he's not risen, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most pitiable. But verse 21 says, but now Christ is risen from the dead. And, and for as in Adam all die, so even so in Christ all shall be made alive. So now we know that your faith is not futile. That you are not eternally bound by your sins. That you do have a hope beyond the borders of death. Today... It's not just a day to wear nice clothes and have a nice dinner and eat too much candy. Today is a day that represents hope for all of humanity, for you and I, for your children, for those kids that were worshiping up here. That's what today is. And I appreciate God so much for his sacrifice and his resurrection. There are a few things that I'd like to share with you this morning. Monday, April 5th at 7 p.m. 714, please continue in United Family Prayer Time at home. Make this a habit in your home, ladies and gentlemen. Tuesday, April 6th, with the first Sunday evening prayer at 730 in our sanctuary. And on Sunday, April 11th, there will be a benefit lunch for Mr. Mike Tomlinson in the A Center at 1230. We'll be serving pulled pork sandwiches and baked beans and chips and cookies. The cost will be $10. If you're paying on the app, please put it under the tab of Grace Church goods and services payment. Do you love the Lord this morning? Do you love Him more than just a single Sunday visit? Can we lift our voices and our hands this morning? Can we let Him know that we appreciate His sacrifice as well as His resurrection this morning? God bless you.
God's empty praise The treasures of faith Are never enough And you came along And you put me back together And every desire Is now satisfied
booth today for making all that happen, doing such a tremendous job. Again, it's great to see all of you. I want to call your attention to the Word of God. I'd like to read one verse of Scripture in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 66. One verse of Scripture, Matthew chapter 27 and verse 66. The Bible said, so they went and made the sepulcher sure sealing the stone and setting a watch. I want to speak to you for a little while today on this beautiful Easter Sunday morning. I want to talk to you for a little while today about just check the rock. Just check the rock. Thank the Lord. Everybody say thank the Lord for the word. Thank you for standing and you may be seated. I believe today on this Easter Sunday morning, we need to check the rock. We need to watch it roll and become a part of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And there was a violent earthquake, the Bible said, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven And going to the tomb, rolling back the stone and set on it, his appearance, the Bible said, was like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards who were guarding the tomb, because Jesus said that he would rise from the dead on the third day, they were guarding the tomb to make sure no one came and rolled the stone away and stole his body out and said he resurrected from the dead. But when the angel of the Lord came down, the Bible said that they became like dead men. And the angel said to the women that showed up, said, Do not be afraid, 
For I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen just as he said. They invited them, the angel invited them to come and see the place where he lay. And then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you, the angel said. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them and just simply said, Greetings. The Bible said they came and worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid, but go tell my disciples Go tell them I'll be in Galilee and that's where they will see me. So while the women were on their way doing the task of Jesus, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. And when the chief priest met with the elders of the synagogue, they devised a plan and they gave the soldiers a large sum of money telling them, According to Matthew 28, according to the New International Version, they said, you are to say that his disciples came during the night and stole him away while you were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And the Bible said this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. But the key, as we all know here today, to this historical passage of Scripture is in the stone or the rock that was rolled out in front of the tomb. The Romans had sealed it. They guarded it. But ultimately... For generations past that moment, we've been instructed to check out the rock. It's been moved. The tomb of death has been opened because the rock, a major obstacle, has been rolled away. It is said that there is a park in California where there is a rock hanging on a rope with a large sign next to it. It says it is a weather station. The rock hanging by a rope is a weather station. And if you want a report on the weather, just go check out the rock. It says check the rock, the sign says. If it's wet, if the rock is wet, That means it's raining. If the rock is swinging, that means it's windy. If it's dry, it's not raining. If you can't see the rock, it's because it's foggy. If the rock has been blown away, it's because a tornado came through. But bottom line, if you want to know what the the weather is, check out the rock. It's the inspiration for my sermon title today. 
You want to know if Jesus is alive or not? Go check out the rock. It'll tell you everything you need to know. Everybody say amen. I understand that it's a humorous illustration, but it has a profound statement in it. And I want to draw your attention to it this Easter morning. Just simply check the rock. Today, many of you have come to church with questions on your mind. I believe the statement, check the rock, is a verbal instruction to each of you that may have some questions. It's a statement giving us instruction on where to get our, and our questions answered. So let me take a guess at some of the questions you may have today. Are you wondering about being born again? Check the rock. Are you wondering how to be set free from your fears? Check the rock. Are you wondering how to be set free from your addictions? Check the rock. Are you wondering how to be delivered from the sting of death? Check the rock. Are you wondering why Christianity is different than other religions? Just check the rock. Are you wondering if Christianity is relevant to you today? Check the rock. If you're wondering whether or not Jesus is God, check the rock. Are you wondering if Jesus really conquered death? Check the rock. If you're wondering if Jesus is alive today, check the rock. If you're wondering if Jesus will speak to you today, check the rock. If you're wondering if he's coming again, check the rock. If you're wondering if he'll keep his promises or not, check the rock. If you're wondering why we love him so much, just check the rock. The pivotal point that sets Christianity apart from all other religions in this planet is the removal of the rock and the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. No other God that's worshipped on this planet has resurrected himself from the dead. If you need affirmation, go check the rock. I've been to the place where it's believed that Jesus was buried. No one can prove it. But the British and their research and their investigation into the Garden of Gethsemane and the sepulcher and so on, if, if it's not the place, they sure make a good argument. I've been there. I walked around in that tomb. And I will tell you whether that's the place where he was actually buried or not. It really doesn't matter. Because when I went in that tomb, as many others have done, there was no sign that anybody had ever been buried there. There was no bones laying around, no skeletons, none of that. And it just reiterated to me that we are so set apart in our faith and our confidence in the Word of God because we are persuaded, we believe the Word of God today, that Jesus did absolutely resurrect Himself from the dead. Jesus said, the Son of Man, referring to Himself, must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. That's the presence that you have felt in this auditorium today is the spirit of a resurrected Jesus.
Praise the Lord. But the key here is that he was raised from the dead like he said he would be. Check the rock. Jesus told his disciples several times that this would happen. He promised it, and he kept his promise. The resurrection vindicated Jesus' claims about himself, that he was a son of God in the flesh, the fulfillment of God's dealing with humankind. The old covenant had been superseded by the new, and the proof was in the resurrection. Because Jesus lives, he is the Messiah. He is the one to trust. Another way to look at this question is to ask what would be different if Jesus had not risen from the dead, if there had been no resurrection. Well, Christianity, as we know it here today, would not exist. At most, Christians would be following the teachings of just another popular rabbi. His words merely would have joined the countless words of other religious writings. People would be left with no other option for salvation than to strive for absolute obedience. But the resurrection changed everything. People follow Christ's teachings not just to be saved, but because they are saved. They've discovered something even better than knowing words. They have found what it means to know Jesus, the speaker and presenter of those words. And because he was raised from the dead, we can be as well. We can live. We can live. We can really live both now and through all of eternity. That's what makes the difference in what we believe here today versus what other people may choose to believe. The observation of the condition and position of the rock was the first clue to all who went to the tomb that something had happened. It was the rock that introduced them to the resurrection. The Bible is very clear. They said they witnessed that the stone had been rolled away. Yes, there was an angel there, and an angel can be pretty persuasive. An angel can speak authority. An angel can give instruction. But I believe today in the way the Bible presents it is what set their minds at ease that Jesus has resurrected was not just the presence of the angel, but because the rock had been rolled away. We have to understand that today. I assume, I believe, and I trust here today that the hand of God rolled that stone away in defiance of Caesar, in defiance of the Roman government, in defiance of Roman law, in defiance of the Jewish Phariseeistical and Sadducee movement of that day in defiance of everything in defiance of everything that stone rolled away check the rock when you check the rock you discover that it has been moved by the power of God The earth rocked and the rock rolled. It has rolled away from the tomb and has unlocked death by bringing life into a place of death. When you go to the tomb of Jesus, there's not a body there. Because in that tomb, 
He defeated death. He kept his promise to rise again. And I believe strongly that the rock was not rolled away to let Jesus out. He proved just a few days later that he could walk through a wall, especially after his resurrection. I believe it was to let his disciples in to see for themselves. They knew they had not stolen his body away. They knew that. They knew that they none of them had the clout and the influence to get anybody to go and roll that stone away and steal out the body of Jesus and say he resurrected. They knew that in their heart. There was only one answer as to them as to why that tomb was empty. And it is because Jesus resurrected from the dead. Brother Ben referred to it earlier today. But Paul emphasizes a key point to us when he says in 1 Corinthians 15, 14, And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. He went on to say in verse 17, And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and you are still in your sin. The resurrection validates, authenticates the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not a deception, but the truth backed up with action. He defeated death and rose from the grave. It is true, it is real, and it is genuine. The rolled away rock proves that Jesus opened a door that before was sealed shut. And that entrance shows us that there is a way to eternal life through Jesus Christ. When the rock rolled, so did all obstacles to eternal life. There's nothing between man and eternal life anymore. Eternal life is equally accessible to every person. It's a mere asking. It's merely believing. It's merely trusting and obeying the Word of God. So with the rolling away of the rock, the resurrection became possible. With the rolling away of the rock, death was defeated. With the rolling away of the rock, the promises of God were unlocked to all who came to the open tomb. With the rock being rolled away, all could see that Jesus was no longer in the grave, but risen. The resurrection tells us that with God, all things are possible, and it validates the claims of Jesus. Christ's resurrection shows us that his promises are always kept, even when we think they cannot or will not be kept. The unknown author has made an unknown, excuse me, an unknown author has made a list of our thinking versus God's promises. This list helps us realize that our thinking is not always correct when it comes to what God can do. The writer wrote, we think it's impossible, but God says all things are possible. We think I'm too tired, but God said I will give you rest. We think nobody really loves me, but God says I love you. Before I continue, 
I suppose one of the perplexing things that people have said to me throughout my tenure in ministry is I do not believe God loves me anymore. It's not possible, according to the Word of God, for God to stop loving you. He may not approve of your lifestyle. He may not approve of your thought patterns. He may not approve of your vocabulary and what have you. But He can't stop loving you. The Bible teaches that God is love and has promised on numerous occasions to love us even to the ends of the world. He promised that he would never leave us. He would never depart from us. So when you say, nobody really loves me, you can be rest assured that God does. We think, I cannot go on. I can't take another step. But God says, my grace is sufficient. We think, I can't figure things out. But God says, I will direct your steps. We think I can't do it. But God says you can do all things through me. We think I'm not able. But God says, I am able. We think it's not worth it. But God says, it will be worth it. We think I can't forgive myself. But God says, I will forgive. We think I can't manage, but God says, I will supply all your needs. We think I'm afraid, but God said, I've not given you a spirit of fear. We think I'm always worried and frustrated, but God said, cast all your cares on me. We think I don't have enough faith, but God says, I've given everyone a measure of faith. We think I'm not smart enough, but God said I will give you wisdom. We think I feel alone, but God says I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. These are God's promises. As I was rehearsing these Challenges to you written by an unknown author. You feel that nudging of the Holy Ghost. It said there's somebody here today that needs to hear that. Maybe not everybody needs to hear it. But there's people here today that needs to hear those words. These are God's promises. How do you know he keeps his promises? How do you know they're true? Check the rock. Observe that it has been rolled away. And behold, the resurrection from the dead. I appreciate the slide that you see behind me on the screen. It depicts what I'm saying so very well. That rock didn't open just to crack open enough so people could peek through and just get a glimpse of what was on the inside. Bible said the stone was rolled away again not to let Jesus out I don't believe it had to be rolled away to let him out but the Bible said that John walked up to the grave 
to the tomb and just peeped on the inside, but Peter walked around inside. If you're here today not sure where you stand with God, you can check the rock. It has left an opening big enough for you to walk through. If men were able to carry the dead body of Christ into that, into that sepulcher, if they were able to carry him through that opening, surely it's big enough, it's open enough for you to step on the inside of it, figuratively speaking, of course, spiritually speaking, assuredly, and observe and to feel the environment and the atmosphere of what it's like on the inside of that tomb, knowing that the person that was put in there was literally beaten to a bloody pulp, beaten beyond recognition, his body swollen and bruised, and then wrapped up in linen and buried and bombed, put in that place to rot away and return back to the earth that he created. But Jesus said, if you destroy this temple, and when you destroy this temple, be rest assured, in three days I'll raise it up. And he came out of that tomb with only scars to prove his identity. His body was totally and completely healed in three days. Physically, mentally, emotionally, Jesus walked out of that tomb three days later. A whole man, a complete man, only reserving the scars in his hands, feet, and side to show bewildered and doubting disciples that I am the one that was crucified, that was beaten, and that was nailed to a tree and taken down and buried. But I resurrected myself through the power and might of the Holy Ghost. And I walked out of a tomb one day. And the only reason was so that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I submit to somebody today, even though the title of this sermon may be a little humorous, but I don't care what's going on in your life. That empty tomb has the answer. And if you don't believe it, there's scores of people here today that will testify to you that the power and spirit of God changed their life, delivered them set them free, mended their brokenness, healed their body, healed their mind, healed their spirit, healed their marriage, healed their family, and the list goes on and on and on. I'm here to submit to somebody today, there's still power in the resurrected Christ. So with the historical fact of the resurrection, we now know that we can look forward to a time when we ourselves will be resurrected. Meet Jesus face to face in heaven. I sometimes wonder what this will be like. But the truth of it is something I can only imagine. I want to bring this to a conclusion today with a statement that I made to you this past Wednesday. As we have learned from biblical precedent, I want everybody to hear. 
There's people here today that need to hear what I'm about to say. I want to assure you today that where you may feel like you're hearing just the voice of a man, you're hearing the word of God. I referred Wednesday night in presenting this to the Pharaoh of Egypt when Moses and Aaron showed up to deliver the people of God out of Egypt. We've heard that story so much through the years. Nearly everybody here has heard that story over and over and over. We've heard it so much, it really don't mean that much anymore. But if you could somehow discipline yourself to think about the magnitude of what happened. Where there was a, a literally at least a million people that walked out of a country who had the most mighty military on the planet at that time. These people walked out unscathed. As a matter of fact, they walked out some of the most wealthiest people that's ever lived on this planet. They had with them pure gold and silver, all kinds of pricely things that the Egyptian people were just giving them. Just here, take it, take it. Just get out of here. Just get out of here. Take whatever you want. Just get out of here. Nobody realizes. I think sometimes we forget the power and the might and the anointing that Moses and Aaron possessed that day. When they would look up to heaven and call down plagues that devastated that whole entire nation and bankrupted them. Two men did that. <clears throat> the Bible makes an interesting observation about Pharaoh. The Bible said that God hardened his heart. As I mentioned Wednesday night, I'm not sure I understand the totality of that statement. I've studied it for years off and on, but I still don't quite understand everything about it. But this I can tell you, this I can tell you, is that the more you're in the presence of God and you respond adversely to it, your heart becomes harder and harder. And I believe that's what happened to Pharaoh. He was in the presence of God manifested by Moses and Aaron, two men that did some of the most mighty things that's ever been accomplished on this planet. And he gave them no recognition, gave them no credit. It was not until his firstborn baby died that he finally realized these people are for real. And where he did nothing to ask for a change of his life, he just said, y'all get out of here. Moses, Aaron, take your people and go. The proper re response to that would have been, Moses and Aaron, tell me about your God. I need to get my heart right with him. So the more you sit and are in the presence of God without appropriate response, the harder your heart becomes, making it more and more challenging for God in the presence of God to affect you and impact you in any way. There's folks here today that need to take that caution. You need to understand that pastor's not preaching just an ordinary Easter sermon today. It's interesting to me how Pharaoh perished. He literally challenged the God that had delivered those people out of his country and thought he could wrestle against God and overpower him and take all them people back into Egypt. And he drowned in the river that he thought or the sea that thought he thought was partially life-giving to them. I want to encourage somebody 
to take a good look at that little slide right there. I don't know who painted that or, or how that all came to be. I give the person credit whoever made that so beautiful. But that stone rolled away comes with a lot of accountability. Jesus didn't, didn't do that to be a hero. He didn't do that to impress you. He did it caring deeply whether you would believe it or not. It's imperative today that we believe it. Check the rock. I have been a personal recipient of the power of that resurrection. It happened to me a long time ago. And I have been filled with the power of God over and over and over again since then. This is not an option. This isn't something, if I choose to believe it, okay. If I don't choose to believe it, that's okay too. That, it, it doesn't work that way. This is life eternal. When Jesus said, I am the way, no man cometh to the Father but by me, this is what he meant. And you can make, uh, talk to you in Bible study Wednesday night about choices. You can make whatever choice you want to make here today. I don't know why I'm feeling compelled to go in this direction. But there's somebody here today that needs to hear it. You can choose today to live however you want to live. And God will let you do whatever you want to do. He'll let you do it. He's not going to force you to do anything. But you would be a wise person to take a good look at that and say, God, that's my choice. He's asking you to believe in the crucifixion. Yes, he is. But I believe more than that, he's asking you to believe what you're seeing on that screen right now. He rose from the dead that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. If you'll stand with me this morning while musicians come. In our world today, in our world today, there are too many people who are afraid and unwilling to trust anyone or anything. There's people that are afraid of what tomorrow will hold. And they're so wrapped up in what they think and what others think that life really has no joy. But here's the key to Easter, to those who know Jesus, to those who want to know Jesus. They have a life which is not dependent on the world or what the world has to offer. Life is worth living here today, folks. Life is worth living because Jesus is alive. And He has given us abundant life. You see, the message of Easter is not that there is no death. It's not that you won't have to face death alone. It's that there is life in death. Listen to this example a little girl who had walked through a cemetery every day 
on her way home from school was asked one time if she was afraid walking through the cemetery. She responded with this answer. She said, no, I simply crossed it to get home. That's the key. That is what the resurrection and the stone being rolled away did to death. This turned death into a harmless pathway to a better place. As Jesus was resurrected from death, so resurrection awaits all of us who are right with God. Those who are in Christ will be raised from death to life with Him forever. The fear of death is gone. There's people here today that knows the power of God. I hate to say it in the past tense, that once knew the power of God. I don't think it's something you cease to know. It's just a choice you cease to make to live a life that's pleasing to God. And the reasons, the reasons are abundant. People have been offended and hurt. They're like Demas. They love the world more than Jesus. On and on the list goes. But I would like to encourage everyone here today, everybody, just right where you stand to take a good look at that slide on the screen behind me. And in your mind and heart, take a trip back to that place. Those of you who are currently filled up with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, maybe those here today that have drifted away or have never experienced it, begin to pray, God, take me to that place. And let me witness one more time the power, the, the, the majesty, the glory of the resurrection. I've said a long time ago when we pastored here now for a number of years I don't always preach in accordance with a holiday sometimes I do, sometimes I don't I believe it's how I believe the Lord leads me but today I felt it was appropriate to preach about the resurrection because there's people here today that needs that accent of life in yours I know there's people here today that's not going to hear me. There's two or three people here today you're not going to hear like this. It's, you, you came to be nice on Easter Sunday and be with the family, and I, I appreciate it. But that's not going to save you or make you really a better person. You have to be right with God. I have to say these things, folks. You have to understand it's, it's essential that I reach for folks that are not right with God. time is upon us so readily I would not be fulfilling my task here today to not remind you of your responsibilities so as they begin to sing and play just right where you stand I'll just leave you right where you stand today you just start looking heavenward start looking heavenward in your heart maybe you want to lift your face and your hands toward heaven if they'll begin to sing and I'd just like for us to take a few moments just right where you stand you give God just a few moments.